Welcome to Homeschool Your Way, the upbeat, open-minded podcast that informs and affirms your choices about your kids' education. We'll provide a buffet of ideas to inspire you to homeschool your way, because your way is the best way. All of the content on the Homeschool Your Way podcast is provided for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical or legal advice. The views expressed by the hosts or guests of the show are not necessarily endorsed by Bookshop. Welcome to Homeschool Your Way. My name is Jana Cook, and I am the community manager of Bookshark and your guest host. Jimena and Didi are taking a short break so they can work on season two of Homeschool Your Way. Today's episode answers a burning question a lot of homeschooling parents ask. What do state standards mean for my family? I'm joined with Lynn Woodley as we discuss what standards mean. There are so many unknowns when beginning to homeschool, and some parents want to know if their child is on track with their state standards. Can they be confident their child is not behind while homeschooling? We're going to find out. But before we start, let's talk about self-care. These last 12 months have been life-changing for most of us. Schedules change at a moment's notice. I'm a planner, and I don't mind if plans change, but I like to have a plan. An outline, if you will. Well, my schedule has changed yet again, and I'll blame my children's agenda for this recent change. I had to give up my weekly walk with friends in order to get my daughter to a class that she was taking. So, in self-care style, I told my daughter this week she was going to have to adjust her schedule and go to class early because I was not going to miss my walk with my friends. It felt so good to be surrounded by friendly banter and beautiful scenery. It's exactly what my soul needed. How are you self-caring? Have you seen the importance of taking care of yourself? I'd love to hear from you. To share, go to bookshark.com slash podcast and leave a comment. I'm excited to jump into this talk about standards and find out what it means for your family. This discussion was taken from a virtual event sponsored by Bookshark. Let's get going. I'm joined once again with Lynn Woodley, product expert of Bookshark, and we're going to be talking about what standards mean to our homeschool families. Welcome back, Lynn. Thank you. It's good to, good to be back again. Lynn, first of all, I think in the middle of, hopefully post-pandemic of 2020, we had an influx of people who chose to homeschool or homeschool was a maybe a reluctant choice that they made. So for those families, and because this is a growing field, I think that the topic of the idea of accreditation has come up quite a bit. Would you like to explain what that means to our audience? Yeah, today we're going to, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about standards as well, you know, but I do want to kind of clarify what things mean. And like you said, with accreditation, accreditation, I learned about years ago when I was um, working at a university Um, in a university setting and um, doing programs of study, reviewing them for graduate students. I I learned what accreditation really meant. It actually is a process by which a school, university, college goes through to um, vet their curriculum, to vet what they are doing so it comes up um, and is a solid education. So one of the things that you don't want to do if you want a good solid education is to go to a university that is not accredited. 
For the lower education pieces, schools can sometimes be accredited, but you really want to look at the high school pieces. And after that, under that, it's really not a piece that you have to concern yourself with. So because Bookshark is a, a curriculum, not a school, not a university, not a college, we can't be accredited. You can't accredit um, a, a curriculum. It's the school and the teaching and the exercise of uh, getting that education out to their students um, that they are being accredited on. So they have to vet and verify that they are actually meeting the standards that uh, is is put in place for such institutions. So that's what accreditation is really all about. Thank you for that clarification. I know that's a question that has come up multiple times with new homeschoolers. And and it's fair that they want to know what that yep. actually means. And so now that we've now that we've clarified what accreditation is, let's move over to the idea of standards. With so many more educational choices being offered to parents for their children, um, the topic of standards keeps coming up. So can you speak to that topic? On standards, yes. With standards, it's an interesting little dilemma kind of. Uh, each state has their own educational standards. In the past, a traditional homeschool family didn't have to follow the standards. They could look at what they they could look at them if they wanted, um, but they didn't have to follow the standards. And a traditional homeschool family today still doesn't have to follow those standards. Uh, there used to be a book that I would recommend high school uh, families of that had children going into high school, that they would read it, learn how to make transcripts, learn how to give credit to those high school courses so that they could be um, vetted into a college course and, and move on to college education. So there's, there's a way to follow that as a homeschool family that is a traditional type family. Um, today, in today's world, we have traditional homeschool families. We have families that are homeschooling um, that those traditional homeschool families don't want to call homeschooling, but you really are homeschooling. It's just a different way. Like perhaps you are a family that is um, educating at home via a uh, government funded uh, source. So perhaps you're in a program through a school district. Perhaps you are in a charter that goes through all their, their, their rules and regulations. And so with those government-funded situations that are helping you to fund your curriculum, um, which we are a part of a lot of them, Bookshark is, um, then those institutions are sometimes governed by the state to follow specific standards. So that's where this whole movement goes from is that they're not traditional homeschool families anymore. They're being funded by their seat funding um, that, that the government has for every student in the United States. So it's what I like to call um, educational choice. And there's a lot of homeschool families in today's world that is doing this by what you said, because of situations, but also maybe they like that situation, but they can't and don't have the funding to be able to do that on their own. Or perhaps they don't want to do it all on their own. They want to have the accountability. So that's where the standards come into play. So um, like in California, if you're in California, your charters are all set up, but the teachers have to make sure that you are 
um, teaching uh, a course that follows the standards that the state has set for the education of the children in their state. So each state, interestingly, has their own standards. The one main part of those standards that really pulls apart the most is state, um, state history. So each state has a specific history that they specifically want their kids to learn um, in their education as, as they're, they're educating through, uh, through the uh, primary and secondary education. So with that, then, you know, you've got to get those pieces in. Um, and then there's other standards that are hit along the way. I have had our language arts reviewed because I get this question asked a lot because I work with our charter schools, our, our government-funded accounts. Uh, that's what I like to call it because every state calls it something different. Like with, uh, Michigan calls them partnerships. So they have partnerships with the school district and they you know, work through the school district. And it is just a means of getting that seat funding that each student gets in the public school and it's just redirected in a different path so that you can educate your children. So because of all of that funding, the standards come into play. So if you want to look up your standards for your state, you just go and do a little research and look up state educational standards and you'll find piece by piece. Um, in California, they call them I can statements as well. And I have you know, reviewed greatly our pieces. I'm just getting our history pieces reviewed and it's, it's fun to see. And like um, I've said in the past, but some of you on here today might not know, but Bookshark is set up by age range. And that gives us flexibility because every state standards are, are slightly different. So what you might cover in fourth grade in one state is not what you're gonna cover it in another state. So that gives our pieces the flexibility to, to do it by age range. So I know that um, some of them are the same, <clears throat> but for, for example, the standard for, um, I believe for California for sixth grade is, um, is kind of a geography type uh, focus. It's, it's learning all kinds of different geography pieces. Well, this reviewer has uh, found that actually level F is perfect for that. So you not only get the Eastern Hemisphere, but you get all kinds of geography and top, top, topiary kind of that top, you know, groundwork and uh, creating a, an island, you know, and, and you know, naming that ge ge geographically, I'm sorry. Um, but then also level G fits for the seventh grade um, standards. So it's all looking and be, being able to be flexible and move with the standards that your state has and go along with it. We do know that um, our American history does hit many state uh, history pieces. And you can look that up in our, in our syllabus, um, in our scope and sequence, so that you can see what's hit. But there are specific standards for each state. Um, and there are ways that we are looking at to get those covered. The standards are important, but what I've always said in my experience with homeschooling and in the people that I've consulted over the 19 years I've been in this company is that we hit and go beyond those standards. So if you can grasp that and take that on and know that when your children are being educated with our program, they're going to ha have a much deeper understanding of uh, and depth of learning than uh, 
standards will get you, but we cover those pieces. So it's fun to see that go along, but standards are good to follow just so that you know you're hitting. So they're, they're pages upon pages, you know, if you look up your standards for your states. So um, standards are good. They are good so that everybody hits and everybody meets that educational point. But um, from my experience, I do know that our program, uh, because of the depth of understanding, the depth of learning, um, you will get those and go beyond. Some specific pieces we are working on, like each individual state standard. Um, the fun thing, Jana, is this year we are in development. Actually, we've been in development over a year with this product, and we're going to release the first pieces of it uh, for fall. Um, but we are, we are uh, following the, the next generation science standards, um, and those are nationwide. So they're the same across the board, which is really cool, because then we can do one piece that fits all states. So those standards, we call it the NGSS. So if you look up NGSS, you can see what's going to be covered. Uh, so we are in, in the point of uh, doing that and, and hoping some of it's getting um done faster than others, but we are hoping to have K through five. Because it is a national standard, it will have to be um, put on our site as a grade level piece. Um, but really, if you band those like K12, you could do those three science pieces in that range. And then three, five, three, four, five could be done in that same band range. They call it a band or six, seven, eight. So this year, <clears throat> we, for the fall, we are going to have K through five um, done for fall and ready to go for fall. Six, seven, and eight will be um, later. Um, and so that won't be ready for fall. I'm kind of sad about that, but that's what it is. Development takes a long time uh, to get all the science pieces that go in our kits because it's the same layout. We are still a literature-based curriculum. We still get the, we, we have the activity book that's really cool it's a new edition and then on the science pieces so you will know that doing our science you will hit those science standards um, those next generation science standards that all the states have adopted so that's a cool piece our language arts does hit the standards um, and is in there and our history basically does too so you can feel comfortable using our curriculum the one thing that we are working on is the, the individual state piece that standard piece, it seems scary, Jenna. It's, it, I know it scares a lot of people. Um, it's outside the norm for the traditional homeschool mom or, you know, that we just didn't, didn't have to concern ourselves with that. Mm -hmm. But now that we are seeing a lot more uh, government funding used for education for home teaching, um, we know that that needs to be hit uh, and shown, actually shown, more shown that it's hit than, than just saying that it's hit. So, so I think that um, the, maybe the majority of our audience that is going to be watching this are people who are new to homeschooling who decided that because of um, the current pandemic that we've been in, in the last, you know, we're going on over 12 months with that. Um, they're really anticipating putting their children back into public school. And so I think one of the reasons this idea of standards comes in is because they don't want their children to get behind. Um, 
I would like to encourage you parents to let you know that the entire nation understands that schools are behind. We have started and stopped and we have put children online and taken them back off of being online. So just rest assured, be encouraged that this has been an unusual time in our world and you don't need extra stress right now. You are doing the best that you can. I'm here to tell you, you're doing a great job. You, um, you're even watching this program to help you understand how to um, help your children excel and make sure that they're not behind. Lynn, I'd really like to talk about this idea of being behind. Um, we're talking about traditional homeschoolers versus people who are coming in in a different way in these in this last year. And so can you just speak to this idea that, um, you know, when you hear standards and you think we have to hit them or we're not, or when we go back, we're not going to be where we're supposed to be. Yes, I would love to talk, talk about that. And I have a couple of um, examples of it, too. I've had in the past some um, contractors that worked for me that were contracted for uh, conventions. And um, one in particular, you know, pulled her child from homeschooling, put her back in public school uh, because she thought she wasn't doing a good job. We moms are extremely critical about our um, teaching our children and you know, if anybody says anything to us like, mm, are they learning this or are they learning that? Then it has gives us self-doubt. And I, I hope that you can step back and not allow that to happen. So one of the things after she put her, her child back into public school, and this has happened more, I've, I have several stories like this. They put them back into school be, the next year because they think that they weren't doing a good job only to find out and express to me that, oh my goodness, she is so far ahead. So one of the things I can confidently share with you today is that when you use our Bookshark program, because of the philosophy that we use in our teaching through the literature-based curriculum, your child, your children will learn at a very deep level. Um, it's interesting when you think about education and, um, and how how deep they learn through logical and critical thinking because of the literature. It's, it's really amazing. And I can't stress this enough, how, how deep they learn. So when you can think that way, you can test that way, you can speak that way, um, you can communicate in whatever fashion that you want in that way, because you are opening that thought process and able to, touch on any subject. I know for us, when, when um, my son was growing, uh, there was one particular time when we went to um, the Gulf Shores, because that's where grandma and grandpa would, would winter. And so we went down there and we got there and they split us all up into different groups. They were playing bocce ball. And so uh, our son was uh, alone with the older people. These people were all retired grandma and grandpas, you know, they were all retired. And they came back after the game and said, oh my goodness, he is so wonderful. He talks about anything with us. He's not afraid to chat about anything. So then we went up to their one of the people's room for a potluck and we're sitting there talking. It happened to be the year that I, I was teaching uh, Latin to him and, and three other boys. And um, one of the men's, was talking to him and I was across the room and, and he said, he said to him, Oh, so where are you going to school? What are you learning in school? 
because he didn't understand that he was homeschooled. And this is a retired superintendent, just, just so you have that information. And um, he started listing the topics he was learning and he said Latin. And he goes, what school teaches you Latin? <laughs> and he, he turned and looked at me and said, well, my mama. <laughs> And the man immediately flipped his head over and, and said, well, how are you going to socialize him? So all to say is, oh, my goodness, all through the day, you've noticed that he's socialized very well. He can talk to you about any topic. He's not afraid to, to speak up. He doesn't go sit in the corner. He's just very communicative with anybody. And so when we are talking standards, I I encourage you to look wider, wider than the scope of the standards. Standards are great to follow. Look at them, watch them. If there's a standard in there, you can, you can adjust the comprehensive question and answer to fit um, that standard and be able to check that box. That's really what a teacher does. You are the teacher. You have the right to be able to do that. And now a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Bookshark Homeschool Curriculum is literature-based, four-day, and faith-neutral. See it at bookshark.com. Amberie Davis, a busy homeschool mom, says, We can't say enough good stuff about Bookshark. We're doing levels three and five this year. My kids are hooked. Through the amazing books, we've traveled to fascinating places and learned so much. And we're only on week 13. Who knew a middle schooler would ask if we could still do school on our fifth day because he wanted to find out what happens next in the books we're reading. Also, I've been amazed at how much I've learned through reading along with them. Oh, and the four-day schedule is perfect. We use our fifth day to catch up or just for fun field trips, experiments, and messy art projects. Amber is right. Bookshark's fully planned four-day homeschool curriculum flexes to match your busy lifestyle. The detailed instructor's guides lay everything out so clearly that you are prepared to teach in mere minutes each day. Open your guide, gather your resources, which are all included in your package, and go. Curriculum for ages four to 16 is available in all subject packages or by individual academic areas. Reading with history, language arts, science, and math. With Bookshark's literature-rich programs, your children will read or have read to them 35 to 50 engaging books each year. Visit bookshark.com to browse curriculum, download samples, or request a catalog. We're back. Let's talk about what we're reading. My youngest daughter and I just finished up The Great and Terrible Quest. This is a read-aloud from Level G Reading with History from Bookshark. The story begins with a young boy, Trad, orphaned by his parents passing from the plague, forced to live with his horrible grandfather, whose associates are bandits and robbers. Trad comes across an old man with an injury to his head and a muddled memory. In the story, we join Trad on this great and terrible quest to find why this man was injured and what he was doing when he got injured. Both my daughter and I thoroughly enjoyed this story with its twists and turns, mystery and intrigue. It's just what we needed to get through the month of February. What are you reading? Drop a comment at bookshark.com slash podcast. Now for the second half of our discussion about standards. So like, for example, at the lower levels of um, 
education, like when they're six, seven, they need to learn about community, their community, their world, their home, their neighborhood. And, um, and for example, our level B is ancient Egypt or ancient, ancient world history. And you're learning ancient Egypt, China, and all those areas in ancient. And you think, I can't cover that. Well, that's not true because you can take Egypt and you're learning about their communities you're learning about their, their social life. You're learning about their culture. So just turn it and say, so do you see how we live and how they lived? Compare it. Then ask questions. What does our community look like in, in contrast to what their community looks like? What does our clothing look like? What do we eat compared to what they eat? You know, look at those things. You can easily ask those questions because as I look at the standards, for each state, any state, I look at it and think, yeah, I covered that. I know I covered that because you as a parent can sit and talk with them. That's the beauty of a literature-based curriculum is that you have those discussions. It's not just a answer this question, go on, answer this question, go on. You have discussions in the car. You have discussions um, at dinner. You have discussions on the weekend. Your education doesn't stop just because the school day is over. You get to continue to educate because of the beauty of this. One of the things I did was um, I had my husband read the read alouds at night um, and that involved him so that he knew where we were in history so that he could have those discussion questions. He didn't read the instructor's guide, but he was asking questions and talking and covering things that I didn't cover, which then just expanded even more. So with the standards, I would say, don't be afraid of them. Don't be, uh, don't be scared about them. Look at them so that you're familiar with them and look at our scope and sequence. If you have a question of where you should begin in your state and your state is really particular on a topic for a year, pull out our scope and sequence. Look at it. You know where you could add in questions about how to compare contrast, just from what I just said, you can take that. If you have questions, reach out to us. I'm more than happy to help you with that, to have, kind of help you get along the way. And then um, just take it and run with it because I know in general, across the board, we do cover those pieces. Again, not specifically the state specific at this point. I'm, I'm looking into how we can do that. We are discussing as a company how we can potentially do that. Um, and so we are working on some pieces, but it's not going to be right away. So you can add, you know, a couple of books here or there about your state history and then, and then add it into your program. It really doesn't take a lot extra to get those pieces in there. Um, I know our lap books for our American history do hit on a lot of things that you can use to expand that state history. So there are different ways to make that happen. But I think my biggest takeaway for all of you is standards. Don't be afraid of them, especially if you are using a solid curriculum. And a solid curriculum is, it is important. Review the curriculum. Look at their scope and sequence. Make sure that you are um, being cognizant of what is being taught. Um, and if it isn't set up by grade, like ours isn't for the most part, then review those and be able to move them around because they are age appropriate um, and they do fit in. And we can't set it to each state standard because every state is different. 
on those pieces. So that's why we like the age range because it makes it flexible for each state to be able to put those pieces at the levels that they need to have them for the topics of the standards. Um, but I do know like in Colorado, we have one particular uh, district that knows that we hit those standards from K to five. If a, stu- if a family started with them and used Bookshark K through five, they would hit all those standards. So they know that um, and they're comfortable with that because it's such a rich education um, when you're going through our program. But with any education program, look at it, review it, um, ask questions, find those answers. So I think that we find ourselves in very exciting times in that um, you you touched on civics and the idea of our community. Well, there is so much going on. And this is a common theme throughout our entire virtual event is this natural learning approach. Your children are hearing things about your community, about our country. And school, like Lynn said, school doesn't just stop when the last sentence is written right? It, we're, we're trying to create lifelong learners. And so when you are at your dinner table and you're discussing, you know, the current events, what a perfect time. And like Lynn said, if you've reviewed those standards, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised that when you go back and you say, we, we hit that good job, we did that. And it was natural. You didn't have to pull out a book. You didn't have to get a separate schedule to make sure that, um, you scheduled that time in, it was just um, discussion. I don't know about you, Lynn, but when we were growing up, there wasn't much discussion at the dinner table about world topics, um, even even national topics in, in my house in particular. And so when I talk to um, my friends and, and we say, oh yeah, we had this discussion with our girls last night at dinner, you know, it's like, oh wait, your kids talk about that stuff? Well, absolutely, because it is our responsibility as parents to kind of take back the education of our children and um, really invest into them how to be good citizens in the country that they find, whatever country they find themselves in, right? How to do your civic duty. Um, And again, I say it's an exciting time because we have been forced back into the home with shutdowns. We have found ourselves in a space where we're um, spending more time together as a family. And so just naturally those, those conversations are happening. And I know that my children are putting things away. And I always like to say that, um, I don't want to create parrots. I don't want my children just parrot what my husband and I believe and what we talk about at the dinner table. I want them to be able to process that information and I want them to be able to come to their own conclusion even if it's a different conclusion that I, that I'm holding. Um, I think that that's part of the idea. So again, we want to encourage you parents. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid. You have this amazing opportunity. Yes. Educate yourself and know what needs to be talked about. Um, you are responsible for your children's education. Um, I think that's another thing that we as parents during this time have found, um, all of a sudden the responsibility is back on us instead of outside of our home. And that is, that can be very scary because we're not classically trained. We're not, uh, we are not degreed educators, but we do know that through literature-based learning, Bookshark in particular, um, that we have the capability to just naturally involve our children in things that were kind of thought to be 
more of the educational arena. And now we're seeing that those two arenas are melding together, right? Education and home, and and they overlap in so many ways. And so when we're thinking about standards, is our child going to be behind? Are we doing the right thing? These are all questions that I'm sure as new homeschool parents or even veteran homeschool parents, we struggle with. You, again, you're not alone, but we're here just to encourage you that um, there is ways to know what your state standards are. They're very clear. They're out there and that you can take responsibility to know what curriculum you're using and to know that you don't have to be rigid in making sure that you're um, checking every box. But as you go and review those, you're going to be pleasantly surprised that you have checked most of those boxes just naturally in what you're doing with your children. Yeah, I would like to add to that as the bottom line, um, you can do all those standards um, and you can go through all those pieces. But if you question whether or not your child is being educated, just do a state test at the end of that year. One of the things that I pleasantly saw happening, and I wasn't teaching to standards because it was back a while, you know, and we didn't have that push. And I was a traditional homeschool parent that paid for my own curriculum. So it didn't, it didn't have to hit all of that. But what I will tell people over and over again is test them. What's the goal of the standards anyway? It's to, to hit that test better, to make sure they're educated. So my argument to it has always been, if they test well, haven't they hit the things that you really want them to hit, you know, even if they're not checking those boxes off. So if you question whether your curriculum is good or not, just test them at the end of the year. It's not going to hurt your child to test them. Don't practice to a test. Just take a test. Take it. See where they are. This practicing before you take a test is in my opinion, cheating kind of, because if they don't have it already, then they shouldn't be practicing getting the knowledge immediately before to get it because you want them to naturally have that knowledge. So that's, I never, I never had any practice, had them practice before the test because it, to me, it's like, that's, that isn't fair. It's like go in and test what they know, test what they know now without pre pre practice. So um, I just, made sure that he knew how to take a test. Okay, you circle this dot or, you know, that was when it was paper. I think they're all on computer now. So you learn how to drag and drop. You learn how to check the boxes. You learn how to do all those different tools that they use in a test. But most kids know those now. So it it would just be a good idea just to take a test. Um, The other thing that I would love to be able to start doing is um, somehow test everybody before you start the year. And then at the end of the year, I think that would be an awesome thing to have. And I'm kind of looking at that because it's like people question this. And it's, I always say, if people do our program, their kids will learn beyond what the standards are. So don't be afraid of the standards. If you question it, take a test before, take a test after, see where they are there. If you use the program, a book shark, like it is, or even another program. If you use another program, try it. See what what they learn before, from before and after when you first start. So again, don't be afraid of the standards. It's just a measure by which each state wants to make sure that they're dotting their I's and crossing their T's so that they know that they're educating with the funds that they're given federally and statewide. So that's the reason of their concern. 
And that's, you know, that's one of the things that we just need to do when you get that educationally funded um, monies for your curriculum. Um, if you're a traditional homeschool family that um, isn't getting any funding, of course, you want to make sure your kids are being educated. So perhaps you do your testing, but you really probably don't need to follow a state standard. It's those people and the families that are using that government funding uh, that they do need to make sure that they're hitting those standards. And perhaps for the family that is paying for their own, that are what I call independents, who just want the comfort of knowing that they're hitting the standards. So again, just take a pretest and a post-test and, and see where your children fall. And, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I you was definitely... Educate. I was definitely one of those homeschool moms that after my first year, I was, did we, did we even learn anything? Um, I was brand new to doing this at home. And so when they tested, um, I was pleasantly surprised and actually didn't even share the test scores with my kids because they had tested so far beyond um, like high school and beyond for some of the levels after fifth grade, which I was like, I know my kids not genius level. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. My point. That's what they were learning. I will say for my younger one, when she took her first test, I noticed that there were some things unlike her older sisters that she tested on grade level, or maybe even a little bit below. And I want to encourage any parent that sees that it's just stick with the process. Her next two, we test every two years. So the next time we tested, she was beyond. It just happened to be at that moment in her learning that she had a gap in math. But as we continued to do math year after year and added two more years, when she tested, she was above and beyond what the standard in our state was. So if you do that first test and you do see some average or below average test scores, I just wanna encourage you, do not be fearful. Don't think that you're not doing a good job. You are. It could just be that that particular subject or area hasn't fully developed or got in there in your particular child, but stick with it. Because I do think what Lynn said, almost a pretest and a post-test so that you can compare and contrast. Because if you just go in and take one test and don't have anything to um, compare it to, you may be disillusioned in thinking that you're not, um, your child's not getting it. And that just, it might not be the case. I would say most of the time that's not the case. So um, while it's a wonderful tool to use, um, it brings parents <laughs> that assurance that they are um they actually are teaching their children, um, but it also shows you that your child is learning. There are some, um, you know, just know that there's going to be sometimes in some areas that um, you may not be five grades ahead in something, and that's okay as well. They're okay. They're not behind. Don't use the word behind. You know, that I just, they're right on track for them. And just like Jenna said, is the next time you test, or perhaps you pre-test and post-test the next year, it's a measure of how much they've gained in a year. It's not a measure of where they're at, really. I mean, comparing other kids to them at that point, you just want to make sure that your student is advancing and advancing, you know, each year um, equally. So, um, and it might give you a piece that shows you, okay, we need to, we need to work a little bit more on this. But again, at the younger ages, they gather that information at such different uh, places because we're all different humans and we take it in differently. Um, I know a lot of people that you shoot shoot things at them, they can't respond. 
They have to think, chew on it, and come back the next day. If you have a child like that, just be aware of that. So all that to say, you will hit the standards. Don't be afraid of them. Just know that you are in there to teach your children. Thank you for listening today. I look forward to the next episode of Homeschool Your Way. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Homeschool Your Way, a podcast by Bookshark. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening now so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you have questions you'd like the hosts to answer or have any feedback about the podcast, please visit bookshark.com podcast to leave your comments. Or you can simply email podcast at bookshark.com.